So hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 75 of Level Up, 60 minutes of live Q&A, where your questions, chat, comments, and votes really do drive the show. Let us know, please, um, when you're online, your name and which city you're joining from around the world, because we love to hear from you and get everybody involved. Also in the chat, you'll find a link to vote up the questions that you would most like answered. And of course, to add your own as well. I think we've got Suchitra, who's working on the social chat um, today. So thank you, Suchitra, for doing that. And she'll be encouraging you to join in there. Now, of course, um, we live stream two days a week, Mondays at 8 and Fridays at 2 p.m. UK time to both YouTube and LinkedIn. Today, we're going to be talking about how to become a project manager, a role which combines leadership, diplomacy, creativity with empathy and, above all, courage. At times, it can be hugely frustrating, but at times, immensely rewarding. It's a role that appeals to many and has been truly mastered, I would say, by only some. So helping us on this journey today are an expert panel. Um, so let's jump straight in and meet them. Veronica Frias is a practicing global project manager with Axo Noble. Um, Veronica has worked with some of the leading organizations around the world, including folks such as Accenture, Ogilvy, and Teradata in her professional career. She's passionate about building high performance teams throughout using a co coaching culture. So welcome back to Level Up, Veronica. Great to see you again. Thank you, Nick. And yeah, indeed, in the last five years, I have performed as a global project manager. And previously, I worked as a project manager for consulting services. So I'm very happy to be part of today's panel. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. It uh, uh, really is amazing. Um, Louisa is next. Louisa Leung is the managing partner, of course, over at Lifting Lanterns, where she is a coach, mentor, and expert trainer in the project management space. Louisa is a regular contributor to Level Up, and she reminded me a little earlier that she was actually joined us in the single digit episode, which seemed a long time ago now, um, but nonetheless. And she's also, of course, based in Western Australia and a leading female entrepreneur okay. and role model for many. So welcome back, Louisa. Lovely to see you. Thanks for having me back, Nick. And I'm so dedicated to this cause. It's the middle of the night and I'm still here just to talk about all things project management. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And it's interesting as well. Some of us are in the summer, some of us are in the winter time. So you'll see lots of people wrapped up and other people feeling hot today. So thank you for joining us, Louisa. That's fantastic. Um, Adrienne Taylor is a program manager with the East of England National Health Service here in the UK, focusing on workforce and transformational change. Previously, I think, originating from South Africa, Adrienne now lives and works um, over here. So welcome back to Level Up, Adrienne. Lovely to see you. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be back. Um, I haven't trumped Louisa's amount of being here. This is my third time here, but really looking forward to talking about this topic. It's uh, a topic close to my heart. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Ashish, Ashish Garg uh, joins us um, also today. He's general manager over at HCL Technologies, where he's led global implementations of software as a service solutions in I think it's fair to say complex regulated environments. Ashish is currently helping organizations embrace and achieve process excellence. So great to see you again, Ashish. Thank you for joining us again today. Thank you so much, Nick. Looking forward to uh, you know discussions with the panel. Okay, perfect. Tim Whitaker is the owner and director over at Ipso Facto Training here in the UK, and uh, they specialize in helping individuals, teams, and organizations adopt leading practice in project management. So welcome back, Tim. Lovely to see you again. Hi, Nick. Thank you very much. Uh, really looking forward to this. Yeah, I work with quite a few people on a daily basis uh, looking to change their career and move into project management. Hopefully I can, uh, I can help with a few wise words. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. And thank you to everybody who's joining us from around the world. We've got Kingsley in Texas. We've got Santosh, who's joining us from uh, Pune in India. We've got folks in Bangalore, in Tanzania, in Nigeria, and in Noida as well. 
So lovely to see you all online and we'll be um, connecting with you in the next few minutes, I'm sure. Um, our question master for today is um, Shanice, Shanice Mitchell-Cox, uh, who's joining us from Wales. So welcome, Shanice. Lovely to see you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Um, yeah, it's very sunny in South Wales, so can't wait to get out and explore the waterfalls later. All right. Okay. We're kind of heading towards the weekend here. So we've got that little kind of summer holiday vibe kind of going on. Um, so um, allow us a little bit of uh, a few smiles and some happiness and so on as we kind of talk through this important topic this afternoon. So um, Shanice, I think on that note, let's take our first question, please. Of course. So we have a question from Paul. Are professional membership bodies valuable for those just starting a project management career? And if so, are there any that you can recommend? All right. Well, it's an excellent question, Paul, and thank you for asking it. Tim, why don't you start us off on this? Yeah, I think this is a nice, easy one, in so much as the APM, the Association for Project Managers, which is the Chartered Institute of Project Management, is a great place to go. Uh, they can they have everything that you need from a perspective of a of a career. Uh, there are qualifications, the support, there are blogs, and uh, there's an awful lot of help. And it's, I, I would highly recommend you go to the ABM. Okay, thank you so much, Tim and uh, Ashish. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, so I think you know uh, any uh, professional course definitely helps you because it guides you to in a in a, in a specific pattern, right? Because project management itself is a huge uh, course and a curriculum that you can go through. So instead of trying to go all over the place, uh, any professional course gives you a structure and a framework to follow through. And you get to understand the methodologies, the frameworks, and you know what is the sequential way of learning. So yeah, definitely recommend it. And uh, like Tim said, APMG has, uh, has been a pioneer in the space. So they have a lot of material, they have uh, a lot of certifications. So definitely worth exploring uh, and going forward. Absolutely. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much, Louisa. Yes, yeah, so I think uh, the PMI is good because uh, it talks about the international type of body. So and they do look after the PMBOK, which is the uh, Project Management Body of Knowledge. Um, but I would also think you should look into your own local area. So myself being in Australia, we do also have AIPM, so Australian Institute of Project Management, and it is also good look into your local areas mainly for networking purposes so even if you weren't to follow a particular course or if you weren't to follow a particular way of doing things you would at least meet like-minded people meet other project managers and at least get down that whole aspect of maybe getting a mentor or getting other people to actually have a soundboard if this is even the career for you and whether you should actually go down that path or not. I think it's a really good point because we're blending together then, aren't we? That kind of local feeling <clears throat> because now that we're all allowed out, most of us at any rate, okay, it's a really good thing to be able to, you know, meet face to face with colleagues, you know, locally. And if there isn't one, start one, you know, start one, okay, because people will then gravitate towards you. And um, on in the online world, of course, there are some fantastic resources available to you. If you just look for project management groups on different platforms like LinkedIn and so on, you'll find many. And um, one of the thoughts for you to consider is to look at the Praxis Framework group on LinkedIn. Now, why do I say Praxis? A couple of reasons, really. Firstly, the website itself is created. It was created, it's managed and maintained by a community of Praxis. Practice, rather. Okay, okay. <laughs> kind of hard to say the two words together. But that community yeah. of professionals, like-minded people, came together to be able to share their experience. All right. And um, so you can have a look there. Very easy to find. And we'll put a little link in the social chat for you. Um, for that one. And there are some really great online groups now that you can dip into, find out about, and then jump from there to your local, um, you know, local groups and local provision, whether it's the UK Association for Project Management, the APM, that's what Tim was referring to a little earlier, or whether it's more of an international organization. Um, and of course, the UK APM also has affiliates and associations with other project management professional groups around the world. So really great question. So thanks so much, Paul. 
for asking it. Now, if you're watching us online and you want to put the question directly to the panel, just type it into the social chat and we'll pick it up from there and we'll put it to them. Um, on that note, Sachitra, uh, I do apologise. Shanice, may we have our next question, please? Absolutely. So we've got a question from Tracy. For someone new to the field, are certifications sufficient to begin a career as a project manager or should I consider a degree in project management? Right. Well, that's an interesting angle, isn't it? Because some of the modern apprenticeships are being sponsored by universities and they are looking for degree level qualifications um, as well as providing that, um, you know, professional kind of experience to get people going. So, Adrian, why don't you start us off? OK, and then we'll hear from Ashish. I'll talk about my journey because I basically started off without any formal qualifications or certifications. But what I found that was I started as a project support um, and administrative positions, and then I got to understand the project management world. And then from there, I decided what kind of degree or certifications I wanted to do. And only later on in, in a couple of years into my career did I actually go and do a degree at um, the University of Cape Town in South Africa. Um, I don't know if it's something that should be done like straight away, like you have to actually do it. I think it's also about your journey and where it takes you and what, what you find works for you. And I think that's very important as well. Okay, thanks so much. Ashish, your thoughts then, Veronica? Yeah, I think I kind of uh, align to what Adriana is saying. Uh, along with that, I would just say it also depends on the local geography in which you are in. Right. So it depends on uh, which part of the world are you working in and what are the requ requirements to move into a project management discipline from the job market perspective. So it, so if your area, you know, if you look at some of the opportunities that are coming up and they're specifically asking for a degree, then maybe that's the way forward and, and that could help you there. But straight off jumping may not really kind of give you that boost because uh, you still need to understand what the role is, what it is. What does it demand? What does the function actually talk about? And then you could explore whether it's a certification or a degree, but definitely look at your local market, see what kind of opportunities are coming up and what are they asking for before you make a decision. Great advice. Thanks so much indeed, Ashish. Uh, Veronica and then Tim. Yeah, thank you. I will say that this is uh, similar to what uh, have been said. Because uh, in my case, it's also I started my journey without having a specific certification. I started building uh, the skills by shadowing, looking at my colleagues and to my, uh, the people around me, and then later on figure out which type of uh, certifications can better grab up and enrich my overview on, the, on what it means to be project manager. Okay, thanks so much, Veronica. And Tim, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think I'm virtually going to say exactly what everyone else has said, uh, that a degree isn't necessarily uh, that important at the beginning. I come across a lot of people who fall into the role of project manager um, and working as a project support and then determining whether from that point they like uh, that particular role. And if they do, and then looking at different areas of certification. Uh, but the cost and the time associated with going for a degree can some, some, sometimes be, it's much better going for a much shorter qualification, a five-day Agile PM or a two-day APM PFQ. And find out whether you really like it, because later on, maybe you could then go for a degree if that, if that was required by a future employer. Thanks so much, Louisa. Final thoughts on this? Uh, I think getting a certification is going to be handy if you don't already have a foot in the door. I guess part of what everyone was saying is they were already on a journey of some sort towards project management. And if you're doing a complete shift out of left wing and completely something different and you wanted to get your foot in the door, then something like a certification will help you with that. So if you're trying to open yourself doors, something like a certification will assist in that. I completely agree with that, um, Louisa. Uh, certifications help uh, turn your aptitude for doing something, okay, into um, a certificate that other employers can feel confident, all right, about that you've got some of the basics, and then you can build up that experience. Another great idea for you to consider as well, if you're starting out on the journey, is to volunteer 
um, lots of voluntary organizations um, uh, need uh, people who can organize and run projects. And so you can try out and build your experience a little bit in a non-commercial way um, so that you're able to offer a portfolio of work and experience to any new employer to say, in addition to my studies, these are the things that I've also been involved with and these are the projects that I have led myself. So excellent question. Thank you very much indeed, Tracy, for submitting it. Great uh, question. And um, Shanice, may we have our next question, please? Absolutely. So we've got a question from Sandeep. With growing use of intelligence automation and movement of dri plan-driven thinking to experiment-driven, how can PM continue to be relevant? Well, it's, it's a fascinating area, isn't it, between figuring everything out beforehand and then considering actually applying it in a fast-moving environment where you really do need to adapt as you go. Um, Adrian, you work in a pretty fast-moving environment where you're asked to do many different things and twists and turns along the way. How do you cope with that? I was going to actually say that this is where your soft skills are really important. So however we talk about automation and processes, et cetera, having the ability to be able to understand and to maintain those soft skills is really important. So understanding the situation that you're working in, understanding the challenges that you're facing in and keeping abreast of, of all of those um, issues that you need to be, be aware of and be mindful of. Thank you so much. Um, great advice there, Louisa, and then Ashish. Um, a hundred percent with Adrian there, because um, projects is all about people, and your success of your project is about bringing people on that change journey. And as much as you can automate things and you can have a look for a pattern, you can't actually calculate people that well. And there's always going to be someone interesting and colourful that's going to be a curveball, and no one ever matter as good as a project manager in person. Okay, thanks so much. Uh, Ashish, your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with what's been said before and just would like to add that I think a project manager brings in a business perspective uh, and uh, the functional thing that kind of ties and stitches everything together. So while technology is definitely coming up and it kind of uh, automates a lot of the stuff and gives you, uh, you know, proactive views and dashboards to what would happen. Uh, so that's kind of changing from traditional project management that you know some of us have seen probably in their lives. But I think the role of a project manager would still be required because that is the person who is the person at the center and will kind of stitch everything together irrespective of uh, you know wherever the automation takes us. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much indeed. And um, the other thing that I would say about this is that you know within that question we we had the thought around you know how do you experiment okay and there are certain aspects of projects where experimentation is a good thing you know you can bracket that into different phases you can consider you know work streams that are developed around experiential progression if you like and of course the whole agile philosophy is for you to be able to learn as you go and improve as you go so there's lots of good thinking built into these different methods and tools and techniques for us all to be able to um, embrace. And thank you so much for the engagement that we're getting online, so much actually that uh, we've now got another person joining us in the online team. So Ellie Barrett, thank you so much for stepping in and uh, managing some of the chat dialogue that we're getting on LinkedIn. Very good, everybody. Let's uh, move on, uh, please, if we can do. And we'll take our next question, Shanice. Of course, we have a question from a live viewer. How important is technical know-how for becoming a project manager? All right. So how important is the kind of technical know-how? Now, technical, I suppose, could be, you know, around the methods um, themselves, or it could be around the technology that you're using. Adrienne, in your experience, how important is it? So my feeling is that it, um, in a project manager role is not to essentially be the expert in that technical, because otherwise I find that you'll run down rabbit holes and lots of them, and you'll get buried in the very minor details of things. I find that I think it's important to understand it, to be able to understand it, but to always have an expert on the side that you would be able to ask 
the questions or something that you need, like further clarification on something. Um, so that would be my feeling about answer in, in terms of that question. Okay, thanks very much. And Louisa? Uh, I had a big smile when I saw that question because this was something I had to talk to a client about today because sometimes they do expect the project manager to answer the technical questions. And the reality is I try to tell people I'm not the technical expert and you've got to be able to have someone else fill those shoes if you're not going to be that person. Sometimes you could be a technical project manager, which means that you are the person representing the technical perspective as well. Um, but if your client understands that you are talking the project management side and not the technical side, then you've got to be clear that when they talk the technical, it's like another language to me. There is technical gibberish to me is what I call it, but enough for me to listen to that gibberish so that I know that they're not trying to outfool me. So I don't believe that the project manager should be the technical expert in the room but you do need to know where your roles and responsibility is and whether you are having to wear that hat. Okay, that's, that's really important to be able to tune into the language of the client so that yeah. you can use specific terminology, but without crossing that boundary into becoming perceived as the technical expert. So really good advice there. Thank you so much, Louisa. Um, Tim, your thoughts, please, and then Veronica. Yeah, I, I think coming from a slightly different angle, and as technology itself keeps on changing, and as the technology you use keeps on changing, uh, that itself can be quite difficult to keep on top of. So, for example, if you're using Teams, and with all the new features and functions of Teams, it keeps, keeps on changing. If you're using that within Microsoft Project uh, and other tools, as, those, uh, as that technology keeps on changing, it is quite a challenge for project managers to keep on top of all those changes. It really is. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's it's a constant evolution, and unfortunately, it is something that often happens. It, they, you know, technology advances in leaps, and so it's a challenge for all of us mm -hmm. to be able to kind of keep um, abreast of exactly how it's all working together. Thanks very much indeed, Tim. Uh, Veronica, your thoughts, please. Yeah, thank you. Um, just adding up, I think so. Yeah, the the project manager wants to understand the fundamentals of uh, the technology that, that is going to be used in the project or is actually probably aiming uh, as part of the, of the objective of the, of the project. So, yeah, but as, as I said before uh, by the other panelists, I think so it's, it's just uh, the matter of understanding fundamentals and the concepts, the jargon, so you are able to have smart discussions with your, with your clients and with your team, of course, as well. All right. Thanks so much indeed, Veronica. Thank you, panel. And thank you so much for actually putting that question to us. You are the producers. If you're watching us online, I can see a very large number of you are now on LinkedIn. So very well done for finding us today. Um, put your questions directly to the panel. Just type them into the chat. And we've got several questions stacking up already. So Shanice, let's take our next question, please. Of course, we've got a question from Diane. How can a project manager balance the use of technical project management terms with the tenants of international technical cooperation when managing projects? All right, so quite a complex question, project manager. So yeah. all the project managers on the panel here are kind of taking a little bit of a deep breath and thinking this through a wee bit. So the technical project management terms, and this does come with some specificity. It's always useful to know, are we talking about the same thing? Because different methods have different terms embedded within them. And what you might call one deliverable or one particular um, moment of truth in one method, it's a little different to the lexicon of language which is used in a different method. So if you're looking at projects and comparing them with, say, programs, then you might find the same term is defined a little differently in a program method, management method versus a project management method. But it's a really great question. And I think the balance is all, always going to come, Diane, Okay, by really listening to your client right? And helping them to navigate through those things. Because, you know, if technical language is coming in the way of comprehension, we're not doing our job. We should be helping our clients to navigate their way through. We should, to some extent, simplify complexity on behalf of the client, because the value 
is in their thinking and in their contribution. All right. So a brilliant question. And thank you very much indeed for asking it. Shanice, let's move on. We'll take our next question, please. We've got another question from a live viewer. Please, can you spell out the soft skills needed for project management? Okay, soft skills needed, um, please, panel. So Ashish, start us off on this. It's, I mean, there's not one soft skill that is actually required uh, to be uh, in the space of project management. I think there's quite a few. Uh, to start off, you need to be a good listener. Uh, I think you need to have very good listening skills. Uh, you need to have excellent communication skills because a large part of your role actually revolves around talking to people and listening to what they want, what they're saying, and then putting all that together and putting that information together, right? So uh, you, you need to be a good listener. You need to have great communication skills and you need to be good with people, right? So you need to be able to uh, empathize with people. You need to be able to uh, have the patience uh, because a lot, many people will be upset during the life cycle of a project and uh, they may be you know, keeping requests that are... Uh, that are unrealistic. So you need to be patient, empathetic, and still get the job done. So I think, uh, I think top of the mind, these are the three critical skills. But uh, yeah, there's no, they're not the only three. Yeah. So. Okay. Thanks so much, Ashish. You've given us a really great <laughs> start to answering the question. It's a very full and rounded kind of question to be able to answer. Um, uh, Adrienne, and then Veronica. Go ahead, Adrian. Yes, hi. Sorry about that. There was a delay in there. Apologies. Um, I just wanted to follow on what, what uh, Ashish was saying. Is actually, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think the listening skills and the communication skills are absolutely key. Um, the other thing for me is also about that building relationships. It's, it's about understanding who you're working with. It's about trusting the people you're working with and vice versa. And you, it's also about understanding the environment of the project, performing fast-paced, challenging project. Um, so those empathy skills are really needed as well. Hey, thank you very much indeed. Great advice there. Veronica, your thoughts, please. Yeah, just uh, had been already mentioned, uh, many of them. But I will add uh, celebrating success, for instance, uh, knowing and when you need and you want to recognize the team is very important. Empowering your team with autonomy, that's another one. And besides, of course, of everything had been already mentioned as communications, knowing and looking at how to manage conflicts, because that's a reality and there are different techniques and different uh, alternatives. That is also very important. And also, uh, identifying when is the crucial conversation that needs to take place between you and the team member or in the team. That's really, really important. And those techniques that Veronica was mentioning about conflict management, how to do that is so, so, so important. Recognizing it and then figuring out how do you do that, really super important. Tim, your thoughts. Yeah, could I just add two more? Uh, one is uh, assertiveness skills. And a really good one, negotiation skills. Um, and I really think on top of all the other ones that were mentioned, and negotiation skills are pretty handy to have. <laughs> okay, so we've, made, we've now made a really long shopping list. Um, thank you very much indeed, panel. But, you know, the, the other thing that I would say with this, okay, um, is that, um, you, you know, we... In our careers, we start off at one level and we get better, but it's, it's a never-ending story. So building these skills is something that never, ever finishes. We can never say that we've reached the end of that skill development journey. And when you look at experienced people and they appear to be doing everything swan-like, serenely on the surface... At some point in their careers, they've been paddling furiously underneath the water. So don't feel too upset if you're reading LinkedIn and it's telling you all of the things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, dear, 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 dear. Don't worry about that. Okay. Focus on all of the things, the good that you can do. All right. And the, and the techniques that the panel is sharing with you and uh, connect with them on LinkedIn and, you know, um, 
borrow a little bit of their thinking from time to time to help you out of a tight spot. I'm sure they'll help you out. All right. Really, really good. Um, excellent. Thank you so much. We've got so many questions stacking up. We're going to move on quite quickly now. Um, so, Shanice, may we take our next question? Of course. Uh, so we've got a live question from Ratuja. What are the different ways to improve leadership quality as far as project manager is concerned? Mm, the quality of leadership as far as project managers are concerned, because leading in different situations means different things. Adrienne. So for me, the most important part in this in terms of my leadership journey has been finding a mentor, or several mentors along my journey and working with them. And then as I've found, as I've kind of grown in my journey, I've um, grown with the leaders and the mentors that I've worked with as well. So the mentors that work with you when you first start is about the whole learning process as becoming a project manager and a leadership. What are the leadership qualities you want to be in terms of combining them with as a project manager? And then as you grow, the same thing happens as a leader too, if that makes sense. I think it really does. You know, it, it's that kind of thing that, you know, by by getting external input, you know, we refine the things that we shouldn't be doing and we begin to do a little less of those and we also start to amplify the things that 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 we do well um, because other people can see that in us and it kind of helps uh, bring all of that out. Louisa, what are your thoughts on improving leadership? Uh, us as project managers, very good at doing lessons learned on a project, uh, but we're not so good at getting a lessons learned on ourselves. And I think it's good to uh, ask your project team people you're working with to get a little bit of their feedback and to always look for continuous improvement and to always just uh, know yourself a bit more because we all have our own styles of project management and leading and our styles might not work for everybody else and it may not work cater for the spectrum of stakeholders that you're going to be exposed to embracing with so it's uh, good for us to lead by knowing ourselves first and then how we can tailor that approach to the wider audience I think that's so, so important and getting to know your own team and what they're looking for from you, you know, as a leader as well is very important. Um, one of the most insightful questions that you can ask a candidate when they're applying for a role, either on your project or as an employee themselves, is just to talk about, you know, a manager or a leader that they've previously worked with, you know, um, that they found was the best leader or the best manager that they worked with. And of course, what they end up doing is telling you all about themselves. This is the style of management. Okay. This is the style of leadership that helped me, you know, really enjoy my job. So it's a fantastically insightful question. Ask somebody to talk about somebody else. And in reality, of course, you're vacuuming up all of those little grains of insight into um, the candidate in front of you. So really brilliant. And thank you so much, everybody on social media for joining us today from all around the world. Really welcoming um, people from Toronto in Canada. I was just talking to somebody from Toronto actually two days ago. So that's really excellent to have you join us um, as well. And lovely to see you online. So Shanice, let's take our next question if we can. Absolutely. We've got a question from Diane. Um, what are some of the main challenges of a project manager, for example, in a digital society or during a pandemic? Well, there's been huge challenges, hasn't there? And a huge shift in the way in which we've all been working, managing uh, distributed teams. Ashish, what um, are some of the main challenges that you've been able to overcome? I think one of the biggest uh, challenges that has come up uh, during the pandemic or a digital world has been communication, right? Uh, we've been somewhere used to working uh, in a room together specifically for, uh, you know, what we called as the war rooms before, that everybody used to get together at specific times and intervals during a crisis situation. And you you, you get to see people, uh, you, you know, you met them once or, or you have traveled, right? So if you, in case you're managing global projects and you've been to client sites, you're doing client visits, visiting your teams, etc. But what pandemic brought in was a completely different where everybody was logged in. So I think to be able to adapt to that, uh, again, brings in to one of the previous questions that was asked of what is the soft skills, the so communication and being able to listen in. So I think that's where it kind of ties back to what has changed. And also being empathetic to the sense that, you know, now you're not really uh, working in a fixed 
time period, so to say, right? Because you're working from home, everybody has that flexibility and there could be disturbances, you know, while you're working from home. So you also need to be aware of that and allow and appreciate people, uh, you know, who are uh, working under several different challenges. So I think that's a couple of things that I think should be, uh, be mindful of. Thank you so much, uh, Adrienne and then Veronica. So I'm going to talk about the biggest challenge that we had in terms of working during a pandemic as a project manager was making sure that you were on top of your risk register and all your risks and issues, because that was a completely evolving register. It, things changed on a daily basis. Some were taken off one day, the others were added the next day, etc. So um, for me, I think it was about making sure that you were understanding the risk and, and keeping on top of those um, as we were moving through the, the pandemic. Yeah, that's a really, really good point, actually, because I, I think so many of us had thought about business continuity from the perspective of of one issue happening. And then suddenly in the pandemic, it was an absolute waterfall of, of issues that, that manifested themselves into very real risks that needed active you know, management and um, containment and mitigation and so on. Thank you um, very much uh, in, indeed, um, Adrienne. Okay, and uh, Veronica? Yeah, thank you, Nick. Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, indeed is managing virtual teams is one of the biggest uh, or main challenges in that uh, in this kind of scenarios. And uh, for instance, in in my case, what we uh, saw is that we were used to manage, for instance, Kanban boards, but physically, you know, the papers and just getting all together in in, in the meeting room. Now that was not possible during the pandemic. Then just uh, shifting the way the dynamic of working towards all of these different uh, tools that enabled just moving from that convert uh, to a digital convert and getting used to uh, to that kind of uh, new way of working that we were not necessarily used to or was not for all of us the preferred way to, to work or get together or make decisions. Okay, thank you very much indeed. And it and it does vary by group, doesn't it? What is their preferred, you know, kind of way of working yeah. um, in that sense? Uh, Louisa, your experience. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we learned from the pandemic is that we just had to be patient to go back a few steps. So we had performing teams that got frustrated and had to go the whole forming, storming, norming, performing, because things changed. And I guess the thing is we just have to allow time for some of those changes of which it would definitely impact your project plan, yes, but uh, it's about allowing that time so that we can go through the whole storming, forming, norming again. Yeah, most certainly. And um, I also feel, you know, with, with my experience during it, one of the things that did not occur to us at the beginning but quickly evolved was this concept of actually allowing time in between different meetings so we were planning our days imagining that everybody started their meetings you know on the hour okay and they finished the meeting again on the hour and so everything was back to back and of course in reality in the physical world you at least walked from one meeting room in a building to another one <laughs> there was usually a little bit of a gap we didn't allow for any gaps so it was caused an awful lot of unnecessary stress with people. <laughs> so people looking at the clock, oh, it's 30 seconds past the start of the meeting. Why aren't they all here? Well, you know, in real life, you'd be able to see them walking towards the meeting room down the corridor and you would be much more relaxed. So I would say one of the things about the digital world is planning a little bit of normality for the human being, okay? hang out a little early before your meetings begin, finish a little early perhaps, allow some flexibility. Don't try and start and end everything on the hour, every hour. Um, makes some sense there. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, panel. Shanice, let's take our next question if we can. Of course. Uh, we've got another live question from Mathusi. Uh, how do you ensure resources assigned to certain tasks in the project are accountable to the success of delivering a 
All right. Okay. So we've got that lovely concept of um, the uh, racy matrix, haven't we, around who's responsible, who's accountable, who should be communicated to and, you know, and uh, involved or informed. I can never quite remember all of the initials. I'm sure one of the colleagues on the panel will help me out with that um, a little bit. So how can we, as a project manager, kind of own that, if you like, and ensure the resources that we've allocated to the project end up ultimately delivering. Um, Adrian, your thoughts, please start us off and then we'll hear from Ashish. I think this is where it's key to make sure that you've identified who you need to check in with and how often you need to check in with that person who's related to the uh, specific task that's on your project. Um, you need to identify if you need to meet with that person weekly or the resource, whoever the resources are, whether they are human or whatever the case may be, um, is just to understand what your check-in process is going to be. And that will, at the same time, manage your accountability. Yeah, thank you very much indeed, because that accountability element, I think, is so, so, so important. And the transparency of that, that builds trust online as well when we're doing things, you know, remotely from each other. Um, Ashish, your thoughts, please. Sure. And, uh, you know, yes, accountability is there. You need to have your races in place before you start a project. And also, at, at times, I think we need to understand that not everybody on the team would be as committed as you are and there could definitely be people who have different levels of performance so if you are experiencing a situation where a person is not delivering uh, to the level of you know what you are expecting or there is a shortfall uh, please go ahead and talk also to the supervisor right you definitely should open that conversation as a project manager while you are accountable for you know the success but not everything kind of uh, sits with you so reach out for help if you're seeing people are uh, falling through and they're not being able to deliver uh, to you know the mark that you're expecting them to so yeah thank you very much indeed um louisa help us out here we're trying to figure out i'm trying to remember <laughs> that racy matrix and so on but help us out how do you ensure that resources actually own the deliverable and they're accountable for the success uh, you're, you're not too far off, Nick. Uh, RACI uh, stands for Responsible, Accountable, Consulted and Informed. Uh, oh, so you're just okay. trying to put a matrix together that put some of that things together. But I guess part of this question I'll actually ask um, Musasi, if I start how you say your name, is uh, how did this person get assigned the task in the first place? People are more accountable mm -hmm. to tasks and delivery of tasks if they, one, know what they're actually delivering and they've volunteer themselves and they've actually put forward to you, um, I believe, to deliver this XYZ, uh, we need to do ABC. If you're spoon feeding them tasks and you're constantly trying to force them to do it, and it's a task that they don't believe in, potentially, then they're not going to hold any accountability. So I guess the question also goes back to how are tasks actually uh, getting uh, allocated in the first place? And are the resources buying in to those tasks as well? So, so I always say that, I, oh, yeah. So I think, uh, just so you know, Nick, I always believe the doers, whoever's going to be delivering the tasks, should be coming up with the tasks. Yeah, it's 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 critical. And it is one of those skills that I, I definitely think does develop over time, that you're able to guide become the guide or the facilitator rather than to your point the the issuer of um small granular activities that that don't really feel meaningful to people you know the, the folks who are trying to manage projects at such a granular level you're missing a trick you really are you're not tapping into the talent of the team the team is there that's the point you're the conductor at the front orchestrating you don't have to play every instrument excellent advice thank you so much louisa and thank you for helping me out it was the con who needs to be consulted bit that i uh, that i muddled up so thank you um shanice let's move on please take our next question of course um so we have a question from rose how much knowledge of agile methodologies do i need to to work in a project management or are traditional waterfall approaches sufficient to start a career in project management? 
Well, I think, Rose, that you've got options, you know, quite frankly. Um, there's a whole spectrum of different approaches to managing different projects and different methods and tools that people are using in the real world um, that span all of those disciplines. Louisa, what's your experience? Uh, actually, this one has always been a hot topic of conversation. And I always say to people, it's kind of like a chef and you kind of want the chef to just be able to use different utensils to cook with, whether you're going to cook with the stovetop or whether you're cooking with the oven or whether you're just going to be uh, using the fridge and just doing a no-bake version. Uh, the idea is agile, waterfall, however you're going to be delivering a particular uh, project, you still use the same competencies. And the competencies I'm talking about is risk management, people management, stakeholder management, time management, all those competencies itself, same for the chef. The chef understands whether the food is cooked or not and how to actually get from point A to point B using ingredients to get the food out uh, is all about um, your utensils and which method you're going to use to cook it, but the chef is still going to cook something by the end of it. Yeah, some really good advice there. Adrienne, your thoughts? So I started off on a traditional waterfall approach as I was in my career. And as I've moved along, it's about adaptation as well. So it's about adapting to the circumstances that you're working in and also understanding the environment that your project is going to be in. So as we moved along, there's more agile methodologies and more of an agile approach according to whatever project that you are working in. You still retain the basis, as, as Louise was saying, you will always retain those basic um, um, principles of the project manage, project and management approach that you are working to and what you're delivering. So it's, again, as I've said before, it's about understanding the environment that you're in and then adapting to the environment or the project that you are working in. That's how I do it. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. I, yeah. I think a lot of this um, is a kind of a, like a false false dialogue, really. Um, you know, where people are kind of pushing hard. Uh, one approach versus another one and the reality is is that you need uh, the more experience that you get the more the phrase it depends <laughs> comes into play and you start to realize that you beg and borrow and you mix and you produce a real kind of hybrid approach but you know what it's tailored and it's tailored to suit the circumstances the client the situation that you are in at that time and the nature of the project its scope its pace its deliverables and how you engage with your stakeholder community. So um, join us all of the time, and you'll hear this being echoed from everybody, no matter what their industry is or their background or the country that they are from. Um, people come up time and time again, so you need to tailor it to your current situation. But a great question. Thank you so much, Rose, for asking it. Um, if we've got time panel, we'll try and fit in two more questions. Shanice, what is the next one, please? So the next question is from Tom. Project manager roles can differ between firms and industries. What's your view on hybrid PM slash BA roles? Okay, so the hybrid, the hybridization of the business analyst and the project manager. Um, Ashish, you must see this a great deal in you know, the fast moving industry that you're in. Yeah, so I can try and, you know, give a perspective from a technology environment in terms of how it is. So first of all, I think uh, a PM role should not be merged with a BA role. I think there are two different and distinct roles that we're talking about. Uh, the expectations of the two roles is completely different, and we should, as much as we can, try and keep those two distinct and separate. It depends on the project size, the, the, the client size, the revenue, etc., where you may want to merge a few. But technically, a project manager is always different. And uh, whether project management as a discipline is different from a, from an industry perspective, I wouldn't think so. Uh, it is pretty much the same. Your nuances are the same in terms of how you guide and you use the principles or the framework that you have understood. One of the things that would probably differ is, uh, again, uh, the concept of technology or the technical skill that we would try to. So project manager, for example, in the construction industry, you need to understand the work breakdown structure of a construction industry, right? But if you are in a technology environment and you're working on a software development project, you need to understand the work breakdown structure of a 
software development industry. I think to that extent, yes, uh, there is differentiation in between the role of a project manager from an industry to industry. But the basics of the concept of project management will not change. And uh, yeah, I think you need to understand the domain. Uh, that's how I would put it, the domain and the business that you are in. Thank you so much. And I, I couldn't agree with that more. And it's not to say that people who are working as BAs today will not make great project managers and also vice versa. You know, you will enjoy the distinct flavor of both of those roles. But I do think that they are distinct. You know, there are many skills and competencies that may overlap, but the role itself needs to be clear. Somebody needs to own and manage the project through to completion. Other folks on the team need to perform the role of the BA. In all of the methods, there's fantastic place value in having excellence in the BA role. So do consider that. Um, and thank you very much, Tom, for asking it. I hope that that's given you some food for thought um, in your career as well. Please come back to us on the social chat and let us know. So, Shanice, let's take our next question if we can. Of course. So um, apologies. We've got a question from Nick. Uh, could the panel recommend a project management website or a podcast to follow? Now, I actually asked this question. Okay, I put this <laughs> I put this question in because I thought, you know what, you guys are out there and you're listening to podcasts mm -hmm. and you're looking at different websites and so on. So I thought it might be quite a nice opportunity, okay, to walk around the panel and just to kind of hear from some of you, what is it that you listen to that really helps you be a project manager? Now, it doesn't strictly have to be about project management, but I'm just thinking, you know, what helps you um, really be the great project managers um, that you are? Adrienne. I don't follow a specific um, person or site or whatever, but what I have found is that I do um, Google alerts for project management and program management. And um, then I, I spend, I usually allocate about half an hour a day, if that's whatever, depending how much of a rabbit hole I pulled on. Um, and then I find some articles that I like to read and follow. And if I like somebody, if I like the sound of it, then I'll follow that person a little bit more um, religiously or diligently. And if it's something that I think, oh, I can put that into a tool or use that as a practice and I'll park it off in my um, tools to use at a later stage. And also, um, there's quite a few small groups on LinkedIn, a few people that I've followed there's some um, who are project managers or program managers, and I tend to follow them and listen to their articles and see what they're talking about as well. It's nothing specific. I think it's just about being um, open to hearing new things and about um, looking at what people are talking about, what are the topical things. And then when you're ready and you want to follow someone more in depth, then maybe strike up a conversation with them, whatever the case may be. Thanks so much, Adrian. That's a really interesting insight. Uh, Tim, your thoughts, please. Yeah, I've got two go-to places. Uh, my first one is the APNG Level Up, which I enjoy watching. And the other one is, uh, <laughs> is uh, going on to the APN site, because there are a lot of resources on the APN website uh, that uh, in the project management world, there's an awful lot of new, new things coming out it's a fantastic resource. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, templates on most project management websites are the most visited pages. That might say something about the hard-pressed project manager. So, Adrienne, at some point, we are going to do a time management for for project managers episode, okay? Because because you seem so organised, you seem so well ahead of of the challenge. I'm. Um, immensely impressed. Uh, Veronica, your thoughts, please. Podcasts or websites that are go-to destinations for you? Yeah, thank you. Besides of what uh, Tim and Adrian already mentioned somehow, I also, of course, use a lot of LinkedIn uh, they, uh, for my starting point because I started identifying someone who shared a concept, shared a, a conference, shared a, a link, and from there, I start just uh, drilling down and finding a new, another or new sources for learning, inspiring, or for potentially joining another groups. 
So for me, really, LinkedIn is one of my uh, main sources. It's on a daily basis, as also just uh, five minutes, ten minutes, and then uh, sometimes you start, uh, yeah, meeting a lot of, of new people and uh, learning from them. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. Um, I have to say, uh, Tim, I also consume Level Up as a podcast. All right, so I have a little spaniel, and when we go out walking, I'm I'm often listening to Level Up. Okay, um, as I'm walking, um, Ernie the spaniel, and I think that that also gives him some um, some degree of uh, um, confidence that he can ignore me. For a little while, <laughs> go and do what he does, <laughs> sort of thing. Where we're in the park and we're in a safe place. So uh, anyway, that's what I put his lack of, you know, kind of coming back to me, um, you know, down to. So very good. Thank you so much, panel, for sharing those thoughts um, with us today. Let's now move to closing remarks, if we can. Um, Louisa, if I'm going to come to you first, and then Veronica. Uh, I think uh, if this whole topic is about how to get into project management and how to start there, I think we've got to know that we've got a lot of transferable skills in our daily life and we all run lots of projects in our daily life. So don't be afraid to just step into your first project uh, in a professional world because you're already doing it in a personal world. Okay, thank you very much. It's really, really important, actually, that, you know, people don't come as a blank sheet of paper. We bring something to the role of being a project management, so project manager, rather. So don't forget to do that. Veronica and then Tim. Yeah, thank you. I would like to just to um, finish with a quote from John Maswell that says that uh, people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. So just a reminder about how important is the human factor in the project management. Mm, what an excellent thought for the day, that one is. Thank you so much, Veronica. Excellent. Uh, Tim and then Ashish. Okay. I think in, uh, uh, in my world, there seems to be two main routes in the project management world in getting into project management. Uh, one is by the EPM starting off right, right down the bottom to ultimately become a chartered project professional, and that could be your career path. But on the side of that, with APMG uh, qualifications, for example, Agile or Change Management, to support uh, that APM CV. Thank you so much, Tim. Ashish and then Adrienne. I think uh, project management is an in interesting space to be in and uh, irrespective of uh, technology changes, automation, et cetera, I think that, that it's a place to be and uh, don't worry. I mean, just get into it and uh, learn from your peer group, learn from your mentors around you. There's a lot to learn and irrespective of how much experience you have, uh, project management will continue to throw up surprises that you may not have faced before. So be ready. <laughs> I completely agree with that. And I think we've all been learning again from each other today. So thank you so much, um, Ashish. Adrienne, and then we'll hear from Shanice. I just think that project management is such an amazing and diverse environment to be in. And I think it's just about if it's, if it's something you're interested in, just be brave and take that first step. Have that first conversation. Ask somebody what it entails, and if you want any advice or anything, um, just don't be don't be afraid to ask any questions. There's no silly questions in in project management, and and it'll take you on a journey that you've never been on before. There's amazing surprises along the way, and there's amazing things that happen along the way. Some are really awful, some are really great, but you always overcome them. So just be brave. <laughs> really good, really good advice. Yeah, and that's spoken as a practicing. Uh, project manager. So thank you very much indeed. That uh, that delight and the challenge in equal measure some days. Um, Shanice, your final thoughts on today. I always love these panel discussions. I feel that I take so much away from them and they're just a whole load of fun. So thank you so much for having this question master today. 
Okay, thank you so much as well for navigating our way through the question bank. We had a whole heap of questions coming in and I think you did a brilliant job. So thank you very much indeed, Shanice. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who has been online. You are the producers of the show. Your questions drive everything that we do, as you've seen. So thank you for putting them in and um, thank you for feeding back to us how we've been doing throughout as well. Thank you to our colleagues on the social chat um, who have been engaging uh, we really appreciate that. Now, on our website, apmginternational.com, you can, of course, search for answers now to well over a thousand questions. A comprehensive free resource connecting you with over 130 experts from all around the world. Don't forget, you can also listen to us to the audio versions of the shows on your preferred podcast platform. Monday the 11th at 8, we'll be looking at how to become a business analyst, a role that was featured on today's show. So be sure to join us for that. On Friday the 15th, we're going to be exploring how do you deliver change leadership with all of the practical hints and tips to really help you perform in that leadership type role. Subscribe to the show and we'll send you a personal summary of what's coming up and how you too can join us here on the panel and level up your career with APMG. Thanks very much, everybody. We'll see you next time.